Welcome, one and all, to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast for our review of Survivor Series. And we have just witnessed quite an incredible thing. Tony G. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. You know, welcome to our Survivor Series review. We were 11 minutes behind all of you. Yep. And so we just now, just right now, saw... Well, hello, Justin, Chris. Uh, we just right now saw The Undertaker deliver what may be the last appearance of his career. We're going to... Uh, yeah, he's Phil Kiwi. I'm Tony G. Like, yes. share, subscribe. We're still kind of in shock yeah. over it, like because what you have to understand is if this truly is the end of the Undertaker, Tony G. and I have been fans of wrestling since we were at least five, maybe six. Yeah, I, I was just telling Phil when this started. Like, I started watching WWF when it was old WrestleManias from the local video store. Hulk Hogan drug me in but then i started watching the current product which was a couple years ahead of that and undertaker was what grabbed me and pulled me in and kept me there yeah he kept bringing us back and to me it was very strange because yes there was hulk hogan but he would come he would go he'd go different places he but the undertaker was just always kind of there yeah and like i remember who said it but Yes, we were watching Undertaker matches when we were learning to read. Yeah. We were learning watching Undertaker matches when we were you know going through grade school, when yeah. we were attending college, uh when we started <laughs> having children and started podcasting. Uh, yeah, like, we were watching It's been a thing. Just yeah. the Undertaker's like you can you can count on death, taxes and the Undertaker. <laughs> yes, and so if this is truly the end of The Undertaker, then that's the end of a story that we've been watching all our lives, like literally. And yeah, so that like this was pretty heartbreaking. None of it was quite as heartbreaking as I think it was WrestleMania 32 or 33 against Roman Reigns when he went for the sit-up. And he couldn't pull it off. That was like that, but that was that was it. I that knew. was when, like, that was him trying to pass off the torch, and he was trying to put the nail in his own coffin. Like he's like, what moment would be bigger and more heartbreaking for this audience for the performance I'm giving for what he thought was the last time than me trying to do the setup and then doubling over in pain and falling like that. You know it's an art form. You know it's a performance. You know it's scripted. But that hurt because he was one of the most untouchable, unbeatable. Even when he got beat, unbeatable. Un. You can't keep this guy down. Like this is his aura. Even when he loses, he doesn't lose. Yeah, it was like you said. It was heartbreaking. And to me, I thought, okay, this is just gonna. This is gonna be your standard pro wrestling retirement. He's going to come no. down, say he's done, and he'll be back in six to eight months. No yeah. problem. You know, that's how it is. When uh, I saw the BSK come down, and with people who don't know, that's like Undertaker's biker gang. Yeah, I'll go through the list. But it, the, the the full list of uh, people on hand, we got 
Shane McMahon, Big Show, JBL, Jeff Hardy, Mick Foley, The Godfather, The Godwins, both of them, Savio Vega, Rikishi, Kevin Nash, Booker T, HBK, Ric Flair, Triple H, Kane, and Vince McMahon finally came out. Uh, it was probably a pre-record and gave the speech to introduce The Undertaker, and then we got into it, and it it was an epically long walk to the ring, and you just soak it in because every time, for like the last couple of years, you watch The Undertaker come to the ring thinking, is this it? And for them to telegraph that this is supposed to be it, yeah, you soak it in. You, it, it hurt a little it bit. Hurts. It hurt because you knew this is the end. This is the end of Undertaker. Yeah. If he does even come up, come back, it's what I would predict. He's going to basically be just mean Mark Calloway with his MMA gloves. He's going to have the Terry Funk. All right. I'm basically now here's going to be his style of wrestling. He's going to stand in the middle of the ring, throw hard shots at you, throw hard punches, and take hard punches without going off his feet, and he's just going to be that gristled old veteran tough as a $2 stick. That'll be, if he ever comes back again, ever, if, like, somebody, like, pays him so much money, it's like, okay, Undertaker, we're going to give you $40 million and your own island off the coast of Greece to just come swing some punches in our ring one more time. Well, okay, I guess. That is good uh, Saudi Arabia money. I mean, um, when we finally get to do international shows again. Uh, yeah, that's the important. Like, a lot of his final matches were in Saudi Arabia. Because yeah. Because like, payday was so amazing. Because, unfortunately, if you want The Undertaker to come and actually wrestle in your ring nowadays, it ain't going to be cheap. I mean, let's um, say, like, he... So. Like that, the last few matches, The Undertaker, he had a Madison Square Garden match with a six-man tag, or he did, and he did the Extreme Rules tag team match with Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre, and that was actually like one of the most underrated matches of that year. And then, of course, he did the Boneyard uh, Final Farewell with uh, AJ Styles at this year's WrestleMania. We can just forget about the. Uh, we can just forget about the Goldberg match completely. We can forget about the uh, tag team match with Kane against DX. You know, now with that match, a lot of people crapped on that match. Which one? The the tag match. Okay. Uh, Kane Undertaker versus DX. Well, Triple H got Triple injured H got immediately. Injured, and I'm sorry, if you need somebody to call an audible, you could do a lot worse than Shawn Michaels. Who's been sitting on okay. the shelf for a long time, but he well, still managed to uh, do it. Tony. I'll say this. Like, they weren't proud of the match, but for what it was, it, it was enough. Yes, and Undertaker, you know, yeah, he, they showed up. The Brothers of Destruction, one last ride. We got to see it. What more can you complain? I can and complain. Kane's a mayor, for God's sake. I he can carried complain. the match. Like, Kane is a mayor, and I'll, he carried the match. I'll complain because before that, he had a match with Triple H. And he lost, and then he lost the DX match with Kate. I mean, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. Now, as I'm much sorry. as you don't like it, the Triple H match makes sense because someday Triple H is uh, still probably going to have another match. Let's talk about this. 21-0 at WrestleMania until he wasn't. And enter Brock 
less. Like, I, I'm honestly a little pissed and offended that Brock Lesnar couldn't be bothered to walk down with the rest of them because nobody did more for the career of Brock Lesnar than The Undertaker. Like, the Hardys started his run. He beat up both of them when he hit that main roster on Monday Night Raw back in the day. But The Undertaker is what put him on the map, even when he was a UFC star. The Undertaker was still part of his story, even in the crowd of UFC. And they finally brought it full circle and did that feud again years and years later. Right. The Undertaker, the Undertaker still part of that story. The Undertaker was putting over Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar was an MMA fighter. Like, Brock should at least put out a fucking tweet, let's be honest. Brock would need to have internet access. Yeah, but nobody's given back to the business more than The Undertaker. And after he was uh, 21 and one, he ended up what he thought was going to be his last match against Roman Reigns. He was not in the shape he wanted to be. And it disappointed him so much that he was drawn back in. He had to get in better shape. He had to come back. He had to do one last run to seal his legacy on a high note. And you thought it was going to happen, but then like things just kept happening. Like the triple H match was fine. But then the tag match, Triple H got hurt, Sean's rusty, things went bad. Then the Goldberg, ugh, the Goldberg match, I just can't get it out of my head. But even though it was a cinematic match, like one of the best wrestlers in the world today, if not the best worker, is AJ Styles. And he got and actually the 2018 Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast Wrestler of the Year, AJ Styles. So. $100 for two bottles of Undertaker. Well, I kind of want that now. That is a thing. Wait, yeah. Undertaker has a wine? Yeah, that's a thing. Why was I not informed of this? Well, you are now. Well, I, my God. And look, we're going to talk about the rest of the show, and I'm sure we'll come back to the Undertaker again. We're going to go through the card. We'll talk about that. We'll give our ratings and reviews. And then I'm sure if anybody has any comments or wants to talk about the Undertaker, drop them in. But we're going to go through this card first. Let's do that, and then we'll come back to the Undertaker. Undertaker. So, uh, un amazingly, and I'm, I'm betting it's probably some dark reds. I mean, yeah, oh, come on, it's Undertaker. It's dark, <laughs> spooky, scary. So, first and foremost, uh, I'll get it here. We've got the we've got the full lineup and the the tally mark. We tied. Champion retains four to four. I was able. To tie with a gooker point yep. because the gobbledygooker Tony, not only did he show up, he won. He won the twenty four seven championship, which, I mean, dang. I mean, you should almost give me an extra point for that, but ah, uh, you know. This is literally one of my like last two cigars I'm ever gonna have, like ever, and I'm having one for the Undertaker. Very true. Very true. Yeah, the Gobbledygooker won the 24-7 title and then immediately lost it to, to Akira Tozawa, who then lost, lost it to, to yeah. R-Truth, who's now a 45-time, who is now actually officially the most, most decorated wrestler in WWE history, R-Truth. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Truth. Uh, we started this show off on the pre-show, Miz won a battle royal, and then was a non-factor. He didn't even show up in the main event. But we started the actual show off with, surprisingly, the men's Survivor Series match, which 
I'm a wow. little disappointed, and I'm a little disappointed. Pissed. I'm a lot disappointed compared to the last two years of the Men's well, yeah. Survivor Series it's matches. Been one of the best. Some of the matches of the year contenders, I, and this yeah. one was. Um, I like it. I'm just gonna say it. No, I didn't. I gave it three stars. I thought it was for no for a Survivor Series match. Right. It was dog shit. Sorry, I'm I'm just gonna say it. It all was right, awful. Right. It was terrible. We're no, not no, on the no, payroll. No, no, we no, can no. say what we think, Hang okay? On. No, because the people that were involved, you're talking half of the field was still former world champions. Half the field still world champions in their own right, and the match itself perfectly fine. And you would never complain if you saw that in the main event on Raw. Ah, uh, one of our. Greatest fans, little fettuccine. How was the pay per view? I only caught the end of the main event. Your perfect time. We're gonna dive into yep, it right now. We are just diving into the show, and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. So, uh, the men's... Let me let me gloss over some of the highlights. This is the elimination order. That's really all I took notes on here. Seth Rollins tags in, got on his knees, did this. Let Sheamus bro kick him and pin him. Do to... your part. Do what yeah. must be done. And he like. I don't know basically... where they're going. Sacrificed himself. I don't get it. Yeah. Makes no sense. Then Kevin Owens hit three stunners. Uh, AJ comes out of nowhere with a top rope. Phenomenal forearm. Pins KO. Uh, five to three now. Raw to SmackDown. Matt Riddle hit a corkscrew. Corbin was out. Uh, Corbin's out now. It's five to two. Braun power slammed Otis. Otis is at five to one. And then Keith Lee caught. Jay Uso off that the top because awesome. he tagged in. Uso didn't see it. He catches him with him trying to hit the frog splash. Spirit bomb. Uso's out. Raw won five to nothing on this one, which I didn't expect. I thought they'd get the win, but, you know, pretty dominant showing, and I, I didn't hate it. I gave it three and a half. It was disappointing for survivors. Yeah, match. I'm sorry, because even – the men who were in last year's Survivor Series. Yeah, like, like half Lee, of them. Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, yep. uh, Baron Corbin. Hell, Matt uh, Riddle Seth was probably Rollins. on that. Matt Riddle was on Team NXT last yes, year. Yes, yeah. Matt Riddle. They were oh, all sorry, in the Riddle. match. No, Matt Riddle. Uh, they were all in the match last year. And that was an amazing match. So you know I, they had to I feel bad for those more. guys getting curtain jerker responsibility. It was Odd choice. Well, no, it wasn't. If they knew that was what the match was wow. going to be, they had to start it there. Yeah, I'll give you that. A uh, little bit of genius. What are you guys drinking tonight? We have been sampling some very fine whiskey throughout the show, but at the moment we are having Maker's Mark Private Select Store Pick from Lincoln, Nebraska at the Still. Folks, if you like bourbon and you're willing to drive, that's some of the best bang for your buck right there if you like bourbon. That's an incredible bourbon. That's an incredible store pick. Yep. Seek it out if you're within vicinity. Yeah, um, weeded bourbons are all the rage, like the Wellers and the Pappies. Those are all weeded bourbons. And this is – I That stands this up. A, this is a fine weeded bourbon. You're going to pay twice, if not three times, for something just the same quality. Yes, yes. So uh, Team Raw gets the win. We both had that picked. Uh, the next match was what you said was going to be match of the night. It came close. It came that close on our story. The, the Street Profits and the New Day. Yes. Uh, it was a very did good you, match. Did you, think, did you think the New Day was SmackDown champs and 
Street Profits for the Raw Tag Champ. Well, if you missed a few weeks ago, here's how they did this, Phil. Go, go grab a belt. Oh, we'll wait. When they did the draft, they drafted New Day from SmackDown to Raw and Street Profits from Raw to SmackDown. Well, they were both the tag champs of their respective shows. So how did they go about handling this? Adam Pearce hey. is in the middle of this. Hey, you guys did a swap on the show, so just do this. Just just do that. But no, 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 you're SmackDown champ, Street Profits, and New Day, you're Raw Tag champ. Hey. Yeah. Now, that is the most insulting bullshit. I, I'm so – like, the tag titles already had – Almost zero credibility on the main roster. This killed it for me. Well, yeah, because you're not supposed yeah, to. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to trade the belts like they're baseball cards. They're not. They used to not be. Yeah, those are pretty. God but, damn it. Like, it pisses me off. It really pisses me off to see, like, how AEW treats the tag team division. I, I, I shit on the tag team division matches a lot in AEW, but they respect it. Vince hates tag team wrestling, and you can see it. You felt it with that. But all that being said, the match itself, uh, the New Day started strong really early. There was a spot where Kofi dove out that and Montez Ford, Ford saved said, his yeah, spine. Or his life. Or his life. Like, I don't know. He's a, he's a trained professional wrestler. They could probably jump over the top rope and take a bump and still. And then Angelo hit uh, Xavier with a big face buster off it. Great spot there. Uh, the Prophets fire up awesome. Like they, Montez Ford's amazing in performance. Just great. Uh, Kofi kicked out of the fucking Montez Ford splash. Like. Not a lot of people do that, and it was a big moment for this one. Uh, Profits hit a massive super buff blockbuster tag team finishing maneuver. Montez is like 15 foot in the air when he hits this thing. Like, so that had to hurt Doomsday like buff blockbuster. So, yeah. like, okay, okay, um, that was an incredible move. Guys, one, two, three. For the sake of of the longevity of your careers, you don't need to make that your finish for every match. No, like, but that I think was... it was fitting for this one. I wish it was on a bigger stage. But the Street Profits with the win clean over the New Day. And that was another passing of the torch moment, right? You were right about that, but I don't uh, think the New Day's done. It's time. It's it is. Time. You need, well, if nothing else, they need to establish new stars so the New Day Absolutely. has some dance partners to actually have some good matches with. Because I'm afraid... Like, the New Day's one of the only acts. The Usos are moving on. The Usos aren't there to do anything with True. the New Day. So they need some new dance partners, and the Street Profits are I, it. I will say about the New Day, though, over the last, like, three, four years, even though they don't give tag team wrestling the credit it deserves, the New Day has, for better or worse, been one of the most consistently well-booked acts on the main roster, bar none. Like you don't, you can't fuck the new day up. Even when they try to, the new day overcomes it. So, and they did great here. This was a fine match. I, we both actually gave it three point seven five, which is a pretty impressive mark given two thousand twenty. Yeah, and eventually when they do break up the street profits, just strap a rocket to Montez Ford's back. We'll say it every month. Put a universal or world heavyweight title on it yeah. and don't even waste time with the intercontinental United States. Uh, just no. Honestly. No. No. 
No, I want to see him with the IC belt because I think that adds a little bit of legitimacy. That's a working man style, and that is a working man professional wrestler. That dude, I think, deserves an Intercontinental title run that would actually mean something. You know I'm right. Yeah, you would have been right. One belt designing belt. But that's the new one. God. I think if you skip the Intercontinental title... I think it hurts him in the long run. I think you. You know, do you're that. you're absolutely right. It just really tarnished Brock Lesnar's legacy, having never attained. You're one example. Oh come on, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. Come on. As us never, never having attained that Intercontinental Championship gold has held him back, man. You could. You could he ever be? You could right? put Montez Ford in an Intercontinental title. What did he ever drop? Against somebody else and <laughs> grab that crowd. He. Grab that popularity because when like Stone Cold and The Rock were fighting over the Intercontinental title, it felt like the main event. And you don't even remember. Like right now, tell me who was in the main event world title picture when Stone Cold and The Rock were fighting over the Intercontinental title. Oh boy. What yeah. year? Well, no, what year are we talking here? That would have been like 97, 98. That era. Yeah, that's Bret Hart. Mm. Like only. Like who the fuck else? But what do you remember more? Do you remember the rock pitching Stone awesome. Cold Steve Austin off the fucking bridge? That was awesome. There you yes, go. That, that's you can why do they that got, again. That's why they got a rocket strapped to their back. Little Fettuccini. Montez would look sexy with the old. Yeah. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by old? Do you mean the black strap or the white strap? Because there is a difference. Or the little oval belt. And that's nice. Well, that's... I liked the oval belt. Actually, we may be dating ourselves. It might have been before that because I think 99, 2000 was when they went to the Oval. Yeah. Y2J, yeah. China, yeah. Coach. I always associated with Double J, Jeff Jarrett. When Ken he, Shamrock. That was yeah. his name. The white, yes. Okay. The white strap. Okay. I well love done, the white sir. Well, the only thing I don't like about the white strap now is because the women's championships are white straps. So it kind of takes some shine off of it and makes it special. But. Yeah, I love the white strap. Well, honestly, and not the lawyer yellow strap. Honestly, they need to redesign a lot of the belts right now because the oh, WWE Universal Women's get get online right now. Logo. Get online right now. The belt makers in WWE. Look at your community page on the 2K game. Look at their custom makes. Fire whoever you have making the designs of your belts right now. Hire like three or four of them. There's your belts. Yep, but that, that's it. But what can I say? Uh, but so that was. Uh, We're only two matches in. Let's let's move on. The Sammy Zayn Intercontinental Champion I versus liked, Bobby Lashley U.S. Champion. I really like Sammy's chances here. I oh, really yeah, thought all he was gonna just push through as a fighting champion well, and just fair and square down the middle by the book take the W. Unfortunately, that was not to be. It was... Uh, no, we both went for three for three on this one. Uh, Sammy is a great heel. Here's the thing. Sammy doesn't have a stable that he's a part of. He's a solo act right now. He's up against Bobby Lashley plus three other guys around the ring, and he still made it work, and he was still the way better heel in this match. Like He's playing to a crowd that's not there. He's playing to the internet crowd. And it was perfect. Like, I'm eating it up. I'm loving Sami Zayn as a heel tonight. Uh, Sami got more offense than I ever expected in this match. I thought this might be a squash. When Bobby picked him up for the vertical, 
and held him. He didn't quite get it as long as he wanted. He lost a bit of a balance because it's Bobby Lashley. Of course he did. It drops him. Sammy rolls out of the ropes. He goes, I got vertigo. I've got vertigo. That was brilliant. That was Fucking brilliant. And also when he pretended to trip over mm. uh, MVP and go like, oh, he, he tripped me. I he tries to run away again and pretend to trip over MVP up the ramp. And he's complaining. Lashley locks him into the full Nelson. He gets the tab. Bobby Lashley wins. I, you know, even though I love Sammy's heel work here, it's still a Bobby Lashley match. I gave it three. Oh, God. What you gave it three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, and that half star was from Sami Zayn. Oh, it's all Sami Zayn. Yeah. Work. He's like, a great I, deal. It, yeah. And now, I said this during. I did know. You did know. Like, boy, how many times is Sami Zayn going to forget about Bobby Lashley? Oh, he, he just played to the. He played to MVP. He played to Sheldon. Hey, all you people outside the ring. You better knock it off. Naughty, naughty. I don't know even that there's it somebody great. behind me. Like, oh! I'll, I'll be honest. Like, this is the most... I, I'm glad the Hurt Business got to do something other than feud with Apollo Crews, but Retribution bored me a lot. This actually felt fun. I'm, I, I'm more excited now to see what they do next, so it worked. Um, Good job, Sammy. Yeah, way to get a, way to get somebody else over, Sammy. Like Again. they're never gonna fire you unless you do something really, 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 really bad because you get people over. It worked for Braun Strowman. Sammy for Syria. Sammy's great. Uh, <laughs> moving along, they they don't like that too much. A match that I was kind of expecting. I think it's a good idea though. Yeah, a match I did expect to be good, and it was. Asuka, the Raw Women's Champ, versus Sasha Banks, the SmackDown Women's Champ. Uh, right out of the gate, there was kind of this... They, they've got a good style clash. Like, it works for these two. Like, they always put together a solid match. But pretty quick into the match, there was a good counter into the Banks statement. You're like, if we didn't know better, you're like, oh, shit, they could go home here. But you know better. But it worked. It was really nice. Uh, goes for Asuka. She goes for the Asuka lock, and then... Sasha kind of countered into a bunch of different, they had this weird submission battle going back and forth. And you didn't know who was going to get the upper hand. I love that. They both do it so well. Sasha bends and contorts her body into weird submissions that you don't quite see coming. Asuka sells it great. Uh, there was a tilt-a-whirl counter that Sasha turned into a backstabber that was really impressive. I loved that. Uh, the ankle lock spot where Oscar like rolled into two different ankle locks. Yeah, that was really good. Oh my god, that was great. But then she rolls into that, and then Oscar bounced off the ropes and hit this awesome looking knee. Hey, <clears throat> AEW's Hikaru Shida, the AEW Women's Champ. That's how the knee's supposed to fucking look. Do that. Just do that. Apply some sound to that bird. Oh. No, don't bother. Let that resonate. Take note. That's how you do it. So that was that was like a second degree burn there. That that requires yeah. salve immediately. I hope it stung and I hope it resonates. Uh, the code breaker off the rail. Sasha ends up. Yeah, the code breaker off the middle rope. That. Was oh no no no! Before that, they were on the outside. She pops up onto the guardrail. Oscar hits the code breaker. There was a bit of a clunky spot in between, but do they then. Well, no, of course they don't. But then, off the second rope, Sasha bounces in. Asuka hits another one. That one looked fantastic. I loved that spot. Yeah, that was the spot of the match. Like, it, 
six months from now, that will be the move we remember from that match. Oh, yeah, hands down. Like, uh, it, they both beat the count off the guardrail one when they got back in. She hit it off the second rope. Marvelous spot. Loved that. Even better. Uh, then they went – I, I love when they get in sync, regardless of who it is, and trade roll-ups and – Fisherman independent. I love that. And these two did it. There's yeah. a couple clunky spots where they tried for a pin, you know, but they saved it. When both wrestlers are going at fourth gear, mm. okay, there's going to be a couple of times when you're grinding the gear. Yeah. But great trades. They got it. Yeah. They, they, they got there in the end. Sasha yeah. got the roll up. Surprisingly, Sasha won. We both had Oscar. I was I should have taken Sasha. I, you know, yeah. And then I would have actually taken it with the Goker. Uh, little Fettuccini. Would the Survivor Series pay-per-view uh, different vibe if it was on Thanksgiving or on Saturday to compete versus Roy, Roy, Roy Jones, Jones versus my, uh, Mike Tyson? God, that's coming up, isn't it? You know, well, here's the thing. Which we'll you have, could we'll make, probably have to review that too. You could make that argument if we had crowds, and I mean, I know that's been the commentary we've had pretty much all year. But I don't think you waste prime time slots like that when you don't have a live crowd. And we'll get into that again later when we talk about the Undertaker. But like, they're doing. They're doing a good enough job with this Thunderdome concept, and they're you're used to at this point the crowd noise chiming in. It's fake. You know it's fake. You see the people, but at least at this point you're used to it and you accept it to a certain degree. So I I wouldn't waste it for something like that because you're not going to compete with that. So I'd save something like that, but I I absolutely understand what you're saying. Moving along. The women's Survivor Series match. Uh, Lana got in immediately, and then they forced her out of the ring. I was about to say, really, the star of the match who showed her real catch-as-catch-can abilities and, like, her abilities as a rare luchador and, like, it's just that hard Japanese strong style. <laughs> Lana, you really shine through on all of it. I mean, like, it was just a... It was a feast for the eyes of, like, a lucha strong style that has never been seen before and really, I'm sure... Like you can expect a like twelve star rating from Mr. Mel. So the real highlights. Let me glance through this quickly. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm sorry. I, I was just chuckling at that whole like Lana just standing there on like she was a dejected. Kid uh, like I don't know why it just made me laugh. Like she looked like I just got caught stealing a cookie in the cookie yeah. and I'm in timeout now. Like it, it was the funniest thing and. But yeah. the, the match itself... Well, it started a little... I don't want to say clunky, but it was a little busy right out of the gate. Nia. Like, after... Well, yeah, Nia Jax. But it didn't really pick up for us until Peyton Royce... Honestly, I really like Peyton Royce. But she got in, and she hits a superplex to the outside onto Bailey, onto everybody else. Usually, we're not a huge fan of these spots. But for some reason, it oh, worked. It snapped. This one worked. It was a big spot, and the only person not involved, Lana, on the steps, just standing there looking dejected. So it kind of worked in this regard. I, I remembered it. 
then Peyton puts Bailey out. Like Bailey was one of the favorites to go all the way. Bailey's out immediately. That shocked me. Uh, then Natty kind of botched a. She was going. What submission was she going for? Like a, like a surfboard. Yeah. And she and botched the hell out of it. She saved it pretty quick. And just she turned it into a sharpshooter, and then uh, Peyton taps out. Which, unfortunately, I'm a big Peyton fan, but understandable. That was the, that was the order of but things. Peyton, because unfortunately it's no longer a thing. Your performance this evening. I'll wait till Tony got that down, was positively iconic. Yes. Fair enough. So Then uh, Lacey Evans gets in. Uh, There's a trade back and forth. She gives Natty the KO. The women's right knocks her out. Natty's gone. Thank you're going to you. need a little more for what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, then Lacey Evans and uh, Bianca Belair up to the top. Spanish flight. Now, these are two tall, stockier women. Understand this. Like, there's some density there on these two guys. Like, they're muscular, tall women. They hit a pretty damn impressive Spanish flight. Like, not everybody needs to do this move. I think it's dangerous. I think it's almost a little bit Un unnecessary. It's unnecessary for a, it's dangerous. Yeah. And B, it's one of those moves in modern wrestling that I qualify just under horseshit. Because you, you, it requires... you let it happen for the cruiserweights, but when you see everybody do it. Like, I don't mean to be a dick about this, but like, to sound a little bit like Jim Cornette, okay, I tell you what, you show me the last MMA fight UFC championship match that featured a Spanish fly, yeah. and I will, I will fucking shit a chicken for you. And oh my God. The thing here, like, it looked good, it was fine in this kind of match. You wouldn't want to see Lacey Evans hit this. Every other no, week. No, no, but it was it impressive that they could do match. it. Like, normally, like, isn't it Mustafa Ali is usually one of the guys you can yeah. count on to really deliver a quality one. He's just got a different center of gravity than these two women. That's why I kind of was impressed by it. I'm glad it happened here and not, like, on a, on a rock. But that wasn't an end for yeah, LA. Yeah, that was a uh, hard flat. Shayna, you liked this spot. I didn't love it. There's this false finish weird thing with a roll-up where uh, Ruby Riot had the pin on Shayna, and the ref was distracted, and but then somehow Shayna like, choked out Ruby Riot in the middle of this. Yes, yes. I, I actually liked that, that they were using that basic convention. And also, uh, Shayna got herself disqualified. The, you, well, like, hang on. But the thing about fun. this spot specifically was she chokes out Ruby Riot while the ref's distracted. That didn't need to happen. Like, why couldn't she do it while the ref's looking straight at? Like, Ruby has the roll-up pin, but she can't get it because she gets a shoulder up and gets the choke. Well, out. I just like the fact that, like, it was – it kept both of them kind of strong in a way where, like, she – yeah, she had the pin, but she was holding the rear naked. Right. And we all know that, like, a rear naked is something that puts you out pretty quick. Right. But – I liked it. I think this could have, I don't think you needed a ref distraction here. I think they could have done it a different way. Shayna needed to look strong in this moment, not Ruby. Like, Shane has been so mishandled. Shane looked awful strong in this match. Fine, but they've ruined her this year. I get they're trying to get her credibility back, but they started out this year making Shayna look like an unstoppable Brock Lesnar type presence, and they fumbled it badly. They're at trying to get at WrestleMania. 
but that's underlying circumstances with Becky Lynch. Shayna and Asuka could have some conversations about that particular arc. Everything was looking up. I was just on yeah. an incredible roll, and I got to WrestleMania. Yeah, there's that. So uh, the Ruby riots out. Uh, she gets choked out by Shayna. Liv gets in, gets some decent offense. Liv did a jumping roll up. Pins Lacey Evans. L Lacey looked pretty good in this match. Like, she, I, I was a fan of her in this match. Lacey's out. Uh, Nia Jax does a Simone drop to Liv, pins her. Liv Morgan's out. She looks strong, gets pinned. No problems there. The springboard that Bianca Belair does off the ropes to Jerry style and looks good doing it, hits the rope, doing the handstand, Hits the back elbow into Shayna, but Shayna locks in that rear naked choke. Usually, you get an immediate tap on that. Bianca Belair not only held on to this thing, she got to the rope and got a break, but she's out freaking cold. Shayna holds on to the choke. The ref counts five. Shayna gets DQ'd. This was good. It made Bianca look strong, but it made Baszler look like a beast. So that was perfect. And yeah, and it's the old adage, you know, you're never going to win a fight with a referee. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, I had the submission. You're supposed to. And like, yeah, that she thought like it, it's perfect yeah. for that convention. The only thing I would have changed on that is we all know when you're in a choke for too um, terribly long, yeah. you're out. Yeah. So I think the scramble. You had to, to suspend the, disbelief. The scramble to the rope should have been much faster. Yes. And then the holding should have maintained. That would have actually. 100% right. Yes. That that would have made that spot flawless. I uh, should mention at this point, Nia got dumped out during this exchange. But as soon as Shayna was DQ'd, Nia is now legal because, of course, she is. Meanwhile, Lana's still standing on the step, just standing there. Just standing there. So now Nia's legal. She immediately attacks Bianca on the outside, and they're trading shots in like the guardrail, trying to uh, KO them on the outside so they can get the count out with. Neither one beat the count. Nia gets dumped over the guardrail. Bianca is about a second away from getting back in the ring. Both women get counted out. Bianca being the last member of Team SmackDown. That's it. That's the match. Your sole survivor. Lana. Yeah, yeah. We both had Team SmackDown on the women's Survivor Series match, and Lana yeah, somehow did this. I hated this finish because I think after nine straight weeks of getting dumped through the announce table, Lana deserved to probably, like, Fuck Nia Jax really hard over in this match, and she didn't get that. Instead, she had to stand there after about a minute and a half of in-ring competition, and then she gets the win by default. No, like, I'm not saying Lana's like a... Because she has the temerity to be married to somebody that's in an AEW. Well, so. She stuck it out this long, but my God, like I wanted to see a different ending. I get it. It's fine. I actually, but they're going to continue when this. Now. I saw how it ended. She's going through the announce table tomorrow night. I wanted to see her go through the announce table tonight. Like, no, go with it. Make it happen again. Put they it didn't do the, it. No, I 
was dead. Like it's a point. joke at this point. Well, yes, but and it's, it's like gonna happen again tomorrow. Kenny dies yeah. every episode. Every oh, episode God. of Monday Night Raw, Lana goes through a table. That's it's, exactly it's what like, it is. Yes. Wow. Yes. You're gonna be surprised when it doesn't happen now. And well, the more it happens, the funnier it's gonna be. Soon. Our truth is going to put her through a table by accident. And soon people are going to be accidentally just like, oh, and through a table she goes, Tony. Son of a bitch. Yep. Mm. Yep. You, unfortunately, you hate the fact that I'm so, absolutely right. Actually, we didn't even gloss over this. Let me look back now. What is the score here for? They didn't even care about this. This was the best of the best. The one night where SmackDown and Raw go head to head. Fuck NXT that won last year. Uh, we've got Raw one. Let's see Raw. Well, they got a lot of NXT win. Uh, then the Street Profits one. That's one for SmackDown. Uh, Raw wins with Bobby Lashley over Sammy. I wonder what everybody in the audience's thought is on Sasha one. So that's two. Alistair Black wanting to go back to NXT. Let him. Please God, let him. I'll watch NXT again. This gives the win to Raw, so Raw is up three to two at this point. Okay, so <sighs> made of it. Well, wait, Tony, why don't you give this one to us? Oh, match? sorry. I honestly, I liked it a little more than I'd like to admit. Same with crazy. The fucking storytelling was better for this than the men's. Like usually, the women's is like the pre-show curtain jerk. Not that really. They didn't try to tell much of a story with the men's. So which because... shocked me because that had way better build. I thought. Yes. Yes, but I, I, I gave it three and a half. Uh, I gave it three two five. It was okay. Um, really, it was, it was saved. By the audibles called and the technical ring generalship done by Lana. Yeah, obviously. Lana like just she, MVP. Like, obviously, yeah, she's the MVP of the match. She was the ring general. You could tell when things were going bad, she was the one that brought it all back together. She was really the glue that held that match together. Yeah. So, yes, Lana, yeah, yeah. MVP Lana. of Survivor Series, obviously. So, in fact, this performance might actually get her nominated for Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast Female Wrestler of the Year. It's like her performance was. (laughs) 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 Well, Tony. Well, sorry. To be frank. What incredible catch cat wrestling could you like? To be fair, it's not like AEW is putting anybody on the ballot this year here. Moving along. Main event time. All right, let's get to it. Uh, and Brandy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Brandy has to win. He just has to. So Drew McIntyre, the Raw World Champion against the SmackDown Universal Champion, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. Um, I got to say, like, the the package for this was great. I loved the build of this match. The awkward it's, – it's a little awkward to look at now, but Randy Orton won the title – the Hell in a Cell. Drew gets it back on the go-home raw. That means three out of the last four years of Survivor Series. The title has changed hands the week before Survivor Series. Like, it's almost expected at this point. So it kind of killed it for me on Raw. Like, I'm like, obviously, they're going to do this. So why did Randy Orton even win it? To make him a 14-time champion. So, so he's tied with Flair. 
No, he's closer to tying John Cena because I think I'm sticking with this John Cena, Randy Orton in one or both of their last matches. God, I think so. Yeah. So, like, a meeting of two 16-time world champions. That's a WrestleMania main event, and I believe it because it's John Cena and Randy Orton, two of the ruthless aggression era's biggest fucking stars. Cena's not coming back until he's cashed his last Hollywood check. He will still come back. Uh, so, that being said, this match, both Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre have been killing it as far as their few goes, like I'm more invested in Randy Orton than I've ever been, probably ever. Oh, Drew McIntyre is getting a lot out of Randy Orton, so it was a lot of great heat coming into this match against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns as a heel works. It works. He's got that je ne sais quoi. He's he's just so calculated, calm, cool. His non charisma works as a heel. And the charisma oozes out a lot more. He doesn't have to fire up and play to the crowd because the crowd was never going to be behind him as a good guy. It was forced. This isn't forced. They wanted this. They got it. So I loved the psych from both guys. Like the psychology was on point. Like Roman Reigns is just pissed off, annoyed, frustrated right out of the gate. Drew McIntyre, there was a point where he's in the ring standing there after he dumped Roman out where he just looks, tilts his head, gives a little smirk. I'm like, that's it. That's the little notes and the little things that count that make you a great worker. And Drew McIntyre is a great wrestler already. But as a psychologist, as a worker, that helps too. And that really gets Drew McIntyre over with me. And that's like in the first couple of minutes. I, I said this during, and you didn't quite get on board with me, but this had, granted, not the same level or scale by any means. But for me, this had... Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior vibes, because two similar built guys with the same kind of, not necessarily moveset, but styles, and they meshed well together. You had a meeting of two objects that you go, okay, I can get why these two guys are going head to head and why it's a big deal. So it had that kind of vibe for me, granted not on the echelon that that matched it. You had a different comparison. What was it? Oh god. I can't remember. It was it was pretty oh. close too. Well, Hulk Warrior 2 was my Go fuck yourself. I can't remember. Do you remember what my No, I I, I uh, should have wrote it down. But uh when Roman started hitting some offense, you're like, okay, he's gonna take over, but no, then Drew came back. And when Drew McIntyre fires up, like when they first turned Drew McIntyre face, I'm like, I really liked sociopath. I will rip your face off. Heal Drew McIntyre because you believed it. Like you're like, dude, that guy looks like he literally wants to tear your nose off and eat it in front of you. And you believed it. Like I love Drew McIntyre as a heel. So pissed off, so angry and ready to murder you. Then when they first started turning him heel, I'm like, Okay, he's not bad as a face. Can I get on board? And eventually he won me over. And when he started firing up on this match as a good guy, I'm like, damn it. It works. He's good as both. It's solidified at this oh, point. Oh, was the feud uh, when Jeff Jarrett left the roadie? <laughs> the 
no, that wasn't the theater. No, 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 Great spine buster spotlight. We pop for a spine buster. Like I've never been a good spine buster. What can I say? Drew hits this massive headbutt. They both trade boots. There was a duck from a clothesline, another duck, and then a massive uh, DDT from McIntyre. Great little series there. Loved that. Uh, Drew counters the spear into a Kamara lock. We didn't see coming. He hits that. We're just like we're compelled at this point. The storytelling is there. It's on point. Great stuff. Uh, Roman, they get outside. Roman drops Drew through the announce table with a Samoan drop and then comes back, rolls in, comes back out, spear through the barricade. That was like, pretty awesome. That was a, actually, you know, sometimes it's overdone. No, no, worked here. Loved it. Roman countered the Claymore into a spear. Then finally Roman hits the Claymore. Then there was a ref bump. Where we think Roman yeah, maybe Roman, got like really knocked yeah. his head into the ref, and after the match, you can see him rubbing his temple yeah. and check it. Like he looked like he might have actually whacked his head a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but he had to wear with all the finish. Getting match. into the guillotine looked very awkward for him. He didn't. It did. look Like he was a full presence of mind. And I'll be honest, like this one kind of surprised me because Jay Uso comes out, hits a super kick on Drew, and I called this during. I said, Jay's, you always do. Jay's either going to come out and, you know, help Roman win or he's going to cost Roman the win. I was convinced at this point he's going to cost Roman the win because he sucked up earlier time. in the Survivor Series match. But, no, he hits that. Drew gets locked in the guillotine. I'm like, there's no other way to make Drew look stronger than powering out of the Roman Reigns guillotine. And you get him over big here. Nope. He's out. That was the match. Uh after the after the uh, super kick, he did hit a low blow, then locked in the guillotine. Superman punch, guillotine, that's the match. And I'll be honest, I did not think this would be match of the night. I thought it would be close. But, no. Match of the night, four stars. I also gave it a four-star rating because this was an incredibly great physical altercation. Uso got involved. And, you know, I we'll see where that goes. You know, Roman told him, hey, get out of the freaking, get out of this freaking arena. And he didn't follow the head of the table's rules. That's, so At the end, he, he redeemed himself a bit. Mm, so we'll see where this goes. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I'm, I'm also wondering why Seth had to act like a horse's ass. I don't know. Match. I don't know what they're we'll doing. We'll find out. But poor guy. So, okay, we're bringing it full circle. Uh, at this point, yes, we were tied four to four. I retained because of that. And then now we're going to get into The Undertaker. Uh, we're already 50 minutes into this. We've talked about The Undertaker. So if anybody wants to drop any comments about The Undertaker, drop them now. We'll talk about it. But, man, uh, for those of you who have not watched The Undertaker Last Ride series on the WWE Network, like literally, when you're done with this, I need to watch it. When you're done with this, 
go watch that at least the first episode you're going to be hooked immediately you're going to try to not watch all of them and it's going to be hard but you got to watch this because this this series it's like he's broken characters so little in his career 30 years that seeing the man mark calloway talk about his career talk about the undertaker like it's somebody else like it breaks your heart to see mark calloway the man sitting in a chair talking blatantly about his career a legend oh my it all legend doesn't even come close to describing the undertaker unfortunately but yes double legend triple legend uh i'll get into that in a minute but yeah watch the undertaker last ride and then watch the rest of it because it's amazing uh little fettuccine quick question here What's a good bottle of scotch to buy for a birthday gift? I'm willing to spend about 150. Phil's going to give you some examples real quick. Uh, me personally, I'm a big fan of the Glenfiddich line. 15, 18, you're going to come well under 150. Marvelous stuff. You can't go wrong with the 15 or 18. Good stuff. Love it. Uh, the Dalmore 12 is only about 60 bucks a bottle. The 15, about 120. Really nice there. If you want to go a little more, Dalmore 18. This is what you need to get for somebody you care. The Dalmore 15, depending on where you are, it's got a nice, lovely little stag head there. Depending on where you are, this is going to be about 100 to 120 dollars a bottle. This is one of the best bottles of scotch you'll ever get. If you want to save a little bit of money but still get them a very fine bottle oh, of scotch, God. Johnny Walker Green Label costs about $80, and it's an amazingly yeah, – 60 to 80 depending on One of the are. better bangs for your – like this is a scotch that's worth 150 Take everything you know about Johnny Walker, throw it out the window because Green Label, bang for your buck, Blue Label doesn't even touch it for that. Well, yeah, and it's not your typical blend because no. it's a blend of 15 single malts that are all aged 15 years. Yeah. So this is a very uh, unique Fif product. 15-year age statement, you will not go wrong. But I am a personal lover of the Dalmore. This is my personal favorite distillery in the world. And this, I cannot recommend the Dalmore 15-year enough because it's an amazingly good scotch. Also, personal favorite, the Macallan 15 Specifically, the McAllen 15 triple cask. Excellent. Excellent. And you're only going to spend about 120 bucks, so oh. you'll come under that mark, depending on where you are. So, yeah, yeah, you want to you want to talk about scotch? Uh, hit us up in the DMs. We'll talk scotch all day. Love the stuff. And it depends if you like Pete or not. Yep. Yep. So yes, uh, but back to the Undertaker. Uh, I said this again, like the Undertaker just sealed my love for professional wrestling. And I, I would say, arguably, The Undertaker was what kept me as a young child from wanting to admit that it's not real. The aura of The Undertaker kept me pretending not to believe that it's all a work longer than it should have. Because I'm like, this guy's so good at what he does. He's so committed to his character. He's so committed to protecting KFAP. 
that you don't want to believe that there's not an undead mortician named the Undertaker that exists in the world. Like he's just part of the world. He's like an undead zombie that has telekinesis and lightning and you just wanted to believe it so badly that you couldn't admit that wrestling wasn't real. It's the old adage of Terry Funk. I can't make you believe wrestling's real, but I can make you believe that I'm real. Exactly. And The Undertaker did that better than almost anybody else. Uh, Justin Chris, uh, and check him out on the Anked Up podcast. Absolutely. Just starting up. Go give him a like, share, subscribe. Good stuff here. Justin uh, Chris, you're not the only one. Uh, his comment, all my favorite wrestlers are all retired or have passed away. Everyone from Randy Savage to Ric Flair and now oh. The Undertaker. Yeah, unfortunately, time... Time's catching up. Time marches on. That was one of the big things uh, that I was saying. Like, even while The Undertaker was doing his walkout, like, when Vince inevitably goes, that's going to be rough for me. Like, I've been a WWE fan. Your whole life. My whole life, basically. And Vince has kind of always been that staple. And I've, over the years, over the decades, let's be frank, become more and more just tied to the idea that Vince McMahon, he's kind of one of those things, just like the undertaker. He's just always there. When Vince goes, that's going to be rough. You know, and it's just closer and closer. And that was hard to watch him introduce him. Here's because uh, Vince McMahon has been somebody that through television has been invited into your home since you were such a very young person. Um, this is like, do you remember in the Matrix, residual self-image? Yep. I was talking about this with my mother one time about my grandmother. My mother's residual self-image of my grandmother is her with a black hair, full perm. Yeah. My residual self-image of my grandmother is little old lady with yeah. gray hair. Yeah. And so your residual <sighs> self-image of Vince McMahon is probably the, blank, the black tank top walking down to fight Stone Cold Steve Austin in a cage match with that cocky swagger, or the or the gray business suit that probably cost thousands of dollars just to go out and get dropped on his ass. No, Tony. Here's the Vincent Man you probably actually okay. Remember. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Night Raw. I'm your uh, color commentator, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. When he was wearing the Monday Night Raw black windbreaker, before you knew that he, and when he admitted that he was like the top guy, because when you didn't know that Vince McMahon runs this show, he owns this show. He's Vince McMahon, the color commentator, and I've I've talked to people older than me. I'll get there who didn't realize that Vince was the main guy, and I didn't either because I was much younger, but people older than me that didn't realize Vince was the top dog in this company, they're like, well, he never should have come out from behind the desk and said that. No, no, he absolutely had to, and it was some of the greatest television history of all time and some of the greatest professional wrestling storytelling ever, like, Forget Savage Steamboat. Forget Hogan Andre. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the fucking boss of the most successful wrestling company in history. A guy that didn't wrestle before somehow managed to 
a WCW reject and the boss of the company somehow made for the greatest storytelling in professional wrestling history for roughly three and a half years, period. Like, I understand WCW is doing some great shit on their channel, and I wasn't a big WCW guy at the time, and even the WCW fans were tuning in for Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And even when Vince was feuding with somebody else, you're like, this guy, it's in his blood, and he's not even a wrestler. So when the one of the most over people ever and the boss got in there, it was incredible. And to bring it full circle, when The Undertaker would feud with Vince McMahon, it, I, I still remember vividly when The Undertaker broke Vince McMahon's leg or ankle with the ring steps. It just, it was such good stuff. To quote Vince McMahon, it's good shit. God, that guy would just go out and let anything happen to him, wouldn't he? Justin Chris, I said this to Phil while we were watching. Some of his matches were gruesome. Flair versus Taker, WrestleMania X8. Yes, I said that was one of the most underrated matches yep. on his WrestleMania resume. Because The Rock Hogan overshadowed everything. Exactly. If you take that match out, that's probably match of the night. Yeah, I I remember I was really happy with that oh, one. Because it's Taker it, Flair. Yeah. Huh? Sad we didn't get a Vince entrance. No lie, though. Vince looks... Uh, it, it's rough. This is, in terms of Vince's look, tell me if this wouldn't improve. Now, Vince hates facial hair, but imagine him growing a big, thick, Viking beard. It would fill out his face, and it would actually it would actually revitalize him and make him look a lot younger, just giving Vince a big old Viking beard and make him look manly. And apparently, he has a really thick beard, so he would get... Yeah, oh, yeah. Face. He's got, like, crazy facial hair, but he will not let it grow out. A uh, little fettuccine. I would love to see Vince do commentary again. You know, God, what match can you say would be the best? Like Vince, don't get me wrong. Vince is still doing commentary, Phil. He's still he's in gorilla. Saying it into Michael Cole's ear. Yeah, he's then, talking into Michael Cole's ear. So you are getting Vince again's commentary because Michael Cole. The reason he's lasted as long as he has is because he can still think. While someone is talking into his ear. Michael Cole has kind of been Vince McMahon's Husky Harris to Bray Wyatt's Husky. You know what? The Huskus the Pig? Like, he's a puppet. Like, Bray Wyatt's telling Huskus the Pig what to fucking say. Yeah, it's Michael Cole and Vince McMahon. Michael Cole. And then I go to job and meet Vince McMahon, my best friend. There's got to be a match, though, that like would be fitting of Vince's last color commentary. God. Would it be Shane? Maybe. Maybe. Shane's last match. Because you match. know it's going to be passionate. Shane's last match. Shane Triple H. Oh. There you go. Yeah, Vince, There it is. Vince kind of does Son versus son-in-law. Shane kind of, or Vince does have to call that one, doesn't he? I damn it. Hey, Bruce. Know you're watching. Take and those. unfortunately, it's really too bad that you know Vince and Jesse Ventura can't work things out because yeah. one last oh. time Let me tell you something, McMahon. Like you could get you why don't you I'm gonna knock that toupee off your head there, McMahon. And like, yes, you could get the body and McMahon. Barbing back uh, against the back and forth one last time. Even more than that, I'd like to see 
fuck it, AEW, get Jerry Lawler to call one more match with JR, please. Just make that happen. Oh, God. Um, Justin Chris, Vince looked like he painted his face. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like we said, the bags are under the eyes. Throw a beard. It, oh, it'll God. make him look like Odin. The th- uh, yeah, it, it'll it's make rough. him look more distinguished, in my opinion. But, but back did. to The Undertaker. We we got to talk just a little bit more. I mean, the we're BSK, over an hour. The, when the BSK came out, I was like, that's it. This is done. He gives, like, it, it wasn't a long speech. Basically, The Undertaker... And I said this so many times during. It's such a shame he's not doing this in front of a crowd, but even then you could tell it was eating at him, and he had to take a minute. I get what you say there, but at the same time, when he did the kneel, and they hologrammed in Paul Bear, yes, 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 I'm sorry. That That was the reason they did that. If they did nothing else that night, then it gave Undertaker a chance, the character of the Undertaker, to actually say goodbye to Paul Bearer properly. That made to even if Undertaker comes back twenty times. Yeah. The fact that we we had the venue where the character of the Undertaker finally gave his his homage and said goodbye to Paul Bearer, who like was one of those it, it just made it. He just yeah. made Undertaker, Paul Bearer, like yeah. added to the the mystery and the fact that when you would look it up and you're trying to research, you find out he's actually a certified under. He, he was actually Paul Bearer was a certified Undertaker, and it added to the mystery. The crowd would have been better. Yes, yes. yes. But despite yes. what, like, the only reason that it was worth it was, as I said, the Paul Bearer goodbye. Which it was at that point like ah. Uh, well, let's sit in here. Percy, Percy. Oh, you're breaking my heart, Percy. Well, the thing that like I feel like it gets glossed over a bit is the impact that Paul Bear specifically had on making the Undertaker as mysterious as he was. Like he didn't talk; he was just this immovable, unstoppable, undead force. But Paul Bear was the one being charismatic on the outside of the ring during the matches selling the fact that he was an undead monster and like it's such a crazy concept oh the power of the but you still wanted to believe it oh yeah no little fat she's got one hell of a question here man oh god okay I that's guess. a podcast in itself favorite okay. undertaker match what was was it WrestleMania 14 or 15 where Undertaker and Kane make, met for the first time? I think it was 14. 15? Well, either one. I remember when that one That's was hilarious. coming down the pike. Like, I I think it, no, it was 14 because okay. the main event, like, yeah. yeah, 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 that Stone Cold Shawn Michaels world title stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta see Undertaker versus Kane for the first time. We gotta get it right. Undertaker versus Kane. It was 14. I you gotta will, know. I will bet you anything. It was Undertaker versus Kane was WrestleMania 14. Gotta know. Uh, yeah, you're yep. right. 14. Uh, yep. The main event of that was Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels, which I wanted to see after I saw Undertaker yeah. versus Kane. Yeah. I had to see that match. And yeah. now a lot of people shit all over that match, but 
when Undertaker had to hit Kane with the Tombstone pile driver three times, and even on the third one, Kane still kind of like acted like he was kicking out at three point one. Yeah, he was over with me forever. Yeah, no, that that sealed Kane's aura forever. forever. And at that time, how hard they tried. At that time, like Glenn Jacobs was not a respected worker, but the Undertaker, Mark Calloway, made sure will that into that, existence. No, you made this guy an unstoppable monster, like I was, and I'm gonna see to it that this guy goes down in infamy. And he did with that match, and it was perfection. Ugh. Yes, uh, you know, and then obviously you have to throw in the obvious Mankind Undertaker. Okay, okay, I'm not even going to count the Shawn Michaels Hell in a Cell. I'm not going to count the Mankind Hell in a Cell. I'm not going to count the Shawn Michaels amazing classic. The first one, the second one was great too, but the first one was even better. I think for me, all the WrestleMania, and I didn't watch it live. I watched it a couple years after the fact. The the Triple H Undertaker at 17 was amazing, but in the their second cell. match was great, but their third meeting at WrestleMania, Back the Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee, that was like one of the greatest storytelling moments in professional wrestling history. And if you've not watched. Triple H versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. All three guys were so on point with everything they did. It just, I could watch that over and over and over and over. And it's just, it's so compelling. You know what's going to happen, but you know, you feel it and it's deep. And then the last moment where they're all three on the ramp just... Grizzled veterans just slumped over each other. Oh, oh God! What a moment for me. Uh, that one just sticks out. I cried. And I didn't no. even watch that shit live. Imagine how I watched it live. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, also, it does bear noting the match that brought me back to professional mm. wrestling was Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker one last time, the last time they ever wrestled, Hell in a Cell 2015. Like, that was when Undertaker yeah. knew he still had it in him to go for a little while. Yeah. But he was on the tail end. He's like, all right, Brock, we're getting one last match between the two of us. And I know Brock Lesnar was already, like, superstar over at that point. And he'd already gotten The Undertaker rub a few times before that. But that feud, then that match, that really sealed the deal for Brock Lesnar in terms of professional wrestling lore. Like he got that win, and that that meant almost more to me than the streak. Than the streak ending. It was the last time they ever met in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Because Hell in a Cell, because they had it before, used to be the end of the feud. That was it. And they had two of them. One decades ago at of, this point. Of course, The Undertaker Brock is uh, kind of 
yeah. is a feud too big for one hell of a cell match. True. And you and I actually saw Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker live at a house show in Lincoln, Nebraska for the undisputed title in that. the lead-up to their first hell of a cell yep. match. That was the lead-up. So we actually got to see Undertaker versus Lesnar live. Ooh. So, oh, no. Oh, this I, is a toppy. Power rank all versions of The Undertaker. Oh. Okay. Wow. All right. I know I'm going to get some real flack for okay. this. Okay. All right. But, um, all right. I really liked his Ministry of Darkness. Oh, I did too. I put it. Watch me in your judgment. I don't even care. Ministry of Darkness. Dead Man. Face Mask Undertaker. Phantom of the Sing Opera. Yeah, Phantom of yeah. the Opera. Then American Badass. Yeah. Then I think I'm an MMA fighter. Okay. <laughs> so those are my... That's about right, I think. I know a lot of people are going to put Dead Man above Ministry of Darkness, but dude, Ministry of Darkness was fucking over with me. What, and when you, I, I didn't have a chance to mention it, and I know there was a lot of hooey and Hollywood hoopla, but I dug the Inferno match. Kane versus Undertaker, Inferno match. Oh, I, I was compelled. Like, one of the biggest spots was a leg drop that had fire shooting up. But it was just such a spectacle, yeah. you couldn't look away. I, I, I think mine would be basically the same, but you're forgetting, like, pre-Ministry of Darkness when it was Kane and the Undertaker as, like, a team. Oh yeah, Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, that that first Brothers of Destruction run, he looked so damn badass. He had the leather V-neck, and he had the teardrop with yeah. the long hair. I kind of put before that... he went with the goatee Amish look. Okay, so you're talking Stone Cold Steve Austin yes. versus Undertaker SummerSlam. That is basically you're talking peak Taker. Pinnacle. That that right there. Pinnacle. That's Pinnacle Undertaker. As far as I'm concerned. But somehow, even <laughs> years after that, after he did the Ministry of Darkness, after he did Biker Taker, when he came back as Dead Man against Kane again, he went on to have another like five, six year run as the Dead Man there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that first Brothers Destruction run, like that's that's what's etched in here for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and. I'll never forget the Raw's War, um, where Undertaker refused to fight Kane because you know it, it works. And then Paul Bear, every single match, every single match during Raw, mm. well, it didn't matter what it was, it'd be like the Headbangers versus whoever. And then you'd hear Kane's music hit. Kane would come out, choke slam, and then the tombstone. Everybody, Paul Bear. This is because of you, Undertaker. This will continue until you accept Kane's challenge, Undertaker. Yeah. Then the next match would be like Hardcore Holly versus whoever. Yeah. And then Kane's hit music hits. He smashes everybody in the ring. This cannot stop, Undertaker. All you must do to let the world of wrestling, the World Wrestling Federation, be normal again is accept Kane's challenge, Undertaker. And 
and then yeah. you have Paul Bear getting the match over as only Paul Bearer can. And then yeah, that was an entire episode of Raw's War where every single match Kane came out and stomped everybody, and he was over with me for the next fifteen years. Yeah. Like after that, like no, all right. So off of the aura of the Undertaker, Paul Bearer cutting promos and about fifteen choke slams. Yeah. <laughs> Kane got over with me pretty much forever. So, yeah. yeah, Undertaker's aura was able to make new people. Like, yeah, Glenn Jacobs has a career now, thanks to The Undertaker. Yeah. And I do appreciate that when he came down, he was the only one that just stayed in marauding gimmick. And him, like him and Taker, true to the end. Like, at no point in Taker's promo did he go, and you know what, folks? Thank y'all for coming. I do appreciate you just, you know, giving me the love and respect. Yeah. Boy, it's been a fun old jolly time, ain't it? Yeah. And like, no, no, he knew better than that. So he can do that on a podcast. But uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, Kane and Undertaker understood what they were doing until the very end. Yeah. And uh, I really wonder, do you think Kane's done, or is he ever going to come in for a retirement match? I, I would assume Kane's got like one more in. Three, depending on how much the Saudis are paying. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> like that's you know, let's yeah. be frank. That's what that last match was we were talking about earlier. It's like, all right, I could pack the retirement fund. <laughs> like that was. Always kinda... do that. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I yeah. think at this point, let's just yeah, let's raise run, a glass yeah, to Undertaker. Thank you for all the memories, sir. Thank you for a life, a, a story that has literally spanned most of our lifetimes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, nobody else could have done it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's a rough one. last comment. Kane and The Undertaker are the only ones that can perform the pile driver. Otherwise, it's bad. Yeah, they kind of got away with it longer because, than other people. Well, yeah, because, yes, and... Thank yeah. you, Taker. Thank you, Taker. Thank you, Taker. Oh, Lord. That. What a journey. Yeah. And it's like that documentary I showed you. If you've never been a fan of The Undertaker before, it's kind of too late. There's no way for you to experience the story yeah. that we did of a narrative across three decades. Uh, well over 20-some-odd years. I think we got one last. Uh... Uh, no, I haven't seen this yet. Uh, did you guys watch Undertaker do the hot? I have heard. No, I haven't yet. I was about to say, <laughs> this has been a little too hot. Like, yeah. uh, you're going to have to give us a night before yeah. we... Like, this is, this is a little rough, man. Oh, God. But so We'll yeah, get there. But, yeah, Undertaker, I hope this isn't the last time we see him. I would honestly just like to see mean Mark Calloway come and do just a couple. Boy, but if it happens, it happens. But Any predictions for Raw and SmackDown this upcoming week? Uh, honestly, like this is... Undertaker returns. Yeah. God damn it. This is the point where, like, on the go-homes, they kind of did the stuff that they would have done on the pay-per-view had Raw and SmackDown not been 
going head to head. So you got to see For the only time this year. Yeah, you got to see the Murphy Rollins match on Smack. Then you got to see Orton McIntyre title change on Raw. So this is kind of the restart, but they're heading into TLC. And honestly, I don't know what they're gonna do to close out the year. I'm a little, I'm a little perplexed. I'll be honest. I don't know what they're gonna continue. Other than Lana's going through the announcement. You know, I remember a couple of years ago when TLC was going to be the last SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. Yeah. And I remember it was way too many pay-per-views. Mm. It was kind of sad to see it go at the same time. And, you know, I remember SmackDown, the SmackDown pay-per-view. This was their whole strategy. Okay. All right. AJ, we're going to have you go out and do very good wrestling. Yep. Can, do that. Can, can, you, can you do that, AJ? Always. Okay, all right, all right. So long as you do that, AJ, yeah. this is all going to make sense. Just go out and do very good wrestling, and that that's it. I, I think, I guess, for SmackDown. I mean, they could do that again. Well, Just, AJ, go out and do very good wrestling. I guess for Raw, you're going to see maybe The Miz is going to start trying to cash in a little harder on McIntyre. On SmackDown, you're going to see... You might see Seth Rollins yeah, at least Seth Rollins. some explanation for his weird ass yeah, behavior. That's going to go somewhere. I don't know who no. Roman Reigns is going to go just up to. drop it by Friday. Poor guy. But wait, what? You make it? No, we, we got this whole different thing. Uh, Sasha's going to feud with Carmella. Uh, the Street Profits will probably feud with the Hurt Business some more. This I'm is guessing. a very big prediction of mine. This is. I think Rollins going to go through a table. Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's. That's just without. I don't know. I'm guessing the TLC buildup is going to be a little weak. I'm not expecting a lot to close out the year. Well, yeah. I was about to say, I think most wrestling companies are just like, can we just get through this year, please? And just caught, like put, <laughs> put this one behind us. And we do have a year in review yes. coming up yes. very soon. We and do. We do have TLC on the 20th, but yes, in and December. And then does AEW have anything else? No, not until February. Oh, wow. Well, they do have uh, – AEW does have Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the world title happening early December. It's going to be on Dynamite, and uh, I'll be frank, spoiler alert. Uh, oh, crap. We John Moxley's dropping the title. We got to get a bottle of Japanese whiskey at some point because Wrestle Kingdom mm. – or are they shut down entirely? No, nah, they're going to be a kingdom. They'll be a okay, we, we shall see, folks. And Keep I would like right to see here. Drew and – I said that during the match. I thought oh, yeah. this was hands down their oh, yeah. best match That's yet. A, Love to see the main. Heel Roman face Drew is a WrestleMania rematch. Yeah. That, that, that's a WrestleMania main event. So – yeah, that will be uh, quite quite – so we got TLC, and then it's the year in review, which you're going to see Tony G and Phil KOE get into it because oh, yeah. we got some differences of opinion yep. this particular year when it comes to wrestling. In fact, I think this year's year in review might be our most contentious video yet. You're not like it's it has the potential. Yeah, so folks who haven't yet, that like, share, subscribe, hit the oh, bell because you know, right. the year in review, it's gonna be a long one. Oh it's gonna be a long one, but bear with us, you're gonna oh, like it. When the year in review live stream hits, folks, get yourself a nice drink, get yourself a snack, settle in because Tony, me and this rapscallion there do well. We're we'll do battle for the honor and good graces of real professional wrestling. 
Best so, matches and wrestlers of the year coming up. Oh, and it's TLC. We're going to fight it out. In your folks. review. Yes, yes. Be here for that. And oh. also, oh, Lord. He's it's never got a couple ended. comments here. Uh, have a good one, fellas. Can't wait for the year interview. Thank oh, you. And the be. closing one, best bottle of 2020. Okay, this is a tough one. This is a very, very tough one. The best bottle I personally sampled of 2020. At the moment, my bourbon of the year is going to be Colonel E.H. Taylor. Okay. Like, my scotch of the year might end up being the Dalmore 15. Uh, it's, But I have to deliberate on this, and that will be something at the KOE Nation here in review. Fair. Go to KOE Nation on YouTube and check me out for all of my alcohol reviews and varying things and just my thoughts on the world. Oh, yeah, right there. It's great stuff. Uh, also, Irish of the year might be 2019 Middleton. We'll get to that. Um, but also... Folks, give us right here a like, a share, a subscribe, because you know it's the right thing to do. You're right here at the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. You can keep up with all the crazy content we do around here. But, Tony, as I'm known to say around here, all that being said, thank you for joining us for Survivor Series. This was one hell of a show, and most importantly of all, it was the potential last Ride of the Undertaker. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Please give us a like, a share, a subscribe, and be sure to join us as we go into the future, as we find out more. What will the world of wrestling look like in 2021? Find out with us, folks. And if you want to find out more about the crazy, wild, wacky world that we live in, head on over to Big Bucket Entertainment, where you can see Tony Chicken on the Dog and Chicken Show with your King of Extreme making his guest appearances whenever necessary. That is, folks, this has been an amazing evening. Thank you for joining us. I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your King of Extreme, Bill KOE, signing off and handing it off to my in Double broadcast partner, the one, the only Tony fucking G, your eight-time champion, the Blend Master. Hit that bell, get subscribed for TLC review and our year-end review. Thank you so much for joining us. We love it. We love it so much to have you all here with us. Peace out, little Fettuccini and Justin Chris. Biggest fans. Thank you so much. Thank we will so catch much. you next month.